Let us turn in God's word this morning to Romans chapter 15. Romans 15, we will read verses 1 through 14. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but As it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, As it is written, for this cause, I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again, Isaiah saith, there shall be a root of Jesse. He shall rise to reign, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Thus where we read God's holy and inspired word, may God add his blessing upon the reading of his holy scriptures. The text that we consider this morning is the 13th verse of Romans chapter 15. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Beloved congregation in the Lord Jesus Christ, there are many things that we as Christians petition from God our Father in heaven. And this week gone by, we have asked of God in prayer to open up our eyes, to take the blindfolds off of us so that we might be able to see who we are 
by nature, that we might be given to abhor our sins and the sinful nature that cleaves to us all the days of our lives. We beseech God as well then not to leave us in that state, but to give unto us the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ. We ask to be filled with the knowledge of the work of the Savior that God has provided. If we are sick, then we go unto God and we ask Him for healing. If we are downcast, then we beseech our Father to fill us with hope. But do we dare go to God and ask Him to make us happy. Do we as the children of God go before His throne of grace and boldly request for joy? Paul did. On behalf of the saints, Paul prayed, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Let's consider this morning this text under the theme, A Prayer to be Filled with Joy. First, we'll consider that this is a bold petition. And second, we'll note the assured confidence that God gives to us as he hears and answers this prayer. The petition that we, with the Apostle Paul of old, make unto God is that the God of hope would fill you with all joy and peace in believing. We're asking here for joy. Joy is not so much something that we can define as much as it is something that we can experience within our souls. We know and can testify when we are joyful and when we are not joyful. Joy, it's the internal state of well-being. Joy is rejoicing in one's present condition. The joyful person is not looking out wishing that he had this or that item that God has given unto the neighbor, but the joyful person is a content individual. As well, the joyful person is not a fearful person. You see, fear is the enemy of joy. Fear would steal joy away from us. A person who is filled with many fears and anxieties about children, about the church, about the future, is not the joyful person. The angel of the Lord who appeared at the time of the birth of Jesus Christ himself contrasted fear and joy. When the angel 
said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. We're asking here for joy, and then we're asking as well for peace. Peace is the absence of conflict, the removal of enmity and hatred out of the home, out of the church, and out of all of the relationships that one has upon the earth. And how often is it not the case that our life is filled with conflict? In fact, this very word was included in the mother promise as God addressed the serpent in the garden. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. And yet now we pray for peace, the absence of conflict. Paul uses in this petition absolute language. Notice that he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. It is not a tentative request here. He does not say, May the God of hope grant you some joy and peace, that you may have a beginning in hope. But he uses strong and absolute terms here. Fill all that you may abound in hope. The sorrowful and the downcast individual would hardly even dare to make this request. To be filled with joy could seem to be so far removed from one's present reality that it would be better simply not to ask for joy. Perhaps one says, well, I've been been wisened up through the experiences of life. Hardships and difficulties have taught me that it's best for me not to hope for joy because if I do hope for joy, then... I know inevitably I'm not going to receive joy. And so lest I be disappointed in not receiving that for which I ask, it's best for me to lower my expectations somewhat. Perhaps some can relate to the disciple Peter, who had fished all night long and not caught anything, And then Jesus comes and commands him to cast his net on the other side of the boat. And Peter responded to that by doubting. What's the purpose of casting the net on the other side? And so it was only begrudgingly then that he obeyed Jesus. It becomes evident, does it not, that to pray that we be filled with all joy and peace is a bold, bold request. 
It's bold in light of what we have seen within ourselves in this week gone by. For as we have examined our hearts and our souls and come to see how how vile we are by nature, instead of being filled with all joy, we see that we are filled with so many sins. And these sins are odious to God. There's embarrassment and there's shame because of these sins that we have committed. And then we're going to go to God and ask Him for joy? And then it's not just that we have a natural embarrassment over the sins that we found in this week of self-examination. But for the Christian, there's more than that. You see, even the worldly man can be embarrassed of misbehavior. But for the child of God, it's not just embarrassment, but there's guilt. There's the knowledge of that guilt. There's the knowledge of one's unworthiness as he stands before God. The knowledge that one, because of his sins, deserves Punishment, everlasting condemnation from God. And then he has the audacity to ask for joy. Fill me with joy. Who would dare make such a bold request? Bold as well in light of where we are at as churches. So many trials that God has led us as a denomination and us as a congregation through. Heartache after heartache, loss after loss. And in the midst of these difficulties, to ask for joy, Difficult request as well because for being truthful, joy hardly seems to be an essential part of the Christian's life. If we were to think of all of the blessings that God bestows upon His people and compare the importance of these blessings, would we not rate other blessings as being more needful? unto us, if we were to think of justification, the forgiveness of our sins, say, yes, certainly we need justification. We need the blood of the Lamb to cover our sins. If we were to consider faith, yes, faith, that's something that we definitively need for. Without faith, who can be justified before God? Holiness, yes, we need and we must pray for holiness, for without holiness no man shall see God. But joy, is joy really an essential part of the Christian life? 
perhaps one concludes within himself, as long as I have some of these other graces that God bestows upon us, I don't really need joy in my life. I can grit my teeth and bear up under the burdens that come my way, and I don't need to ask God for joy. But that's not the example here of the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit who teaches us to pray to the God of all hope that He would fill us with joy and peace. And so we make this petition in the midst of tears we make this petition. And the confidence we have is that God, for Jesus' sake, will hear and answer this prayer. Joy is given by faith. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing See, we cannot separate joy and peace from believing. There is no joy apart from believing. Maybe someone asks, what is the secret to a joyful life? Maybe someone observes in another individual that it seems as though they're happy. All the time. It seems as though they never become discouraged. It seems as though they always have a smile ready to cover their face. And as one looks upon that joyful individual, he wonders, well, what, what is it that gives to that individual joy? It seems that the harder I work to strive for joy, it might seem that the more intentional I am in seeking joy, that then the less joy I The Word of God teaches us here what is necessary for having joy in our lives. And that which is needful for joy is faith. The believing person is the joyful person. And the joyful person is the believing person. Faith. Faith that unites us unto Jesus Christ and faith that points us away from our works. Is not that what oftentimes prevents us from having joy? The knowledge of how unholy our works are. The knowledge of how far short we have fallen from the standard of obedience. And as we think about how we have sinned against God that knowledge robs us from having joy. But faith directs our eyes unto God's only begotten Son. Faith gives unto us the assurance that Jesus Christ laid down His life at the cross in order that we might have life everlasting through Him. Faith. And then as well, the Apostle Paul declares, 
that joy is given through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. How great, how unfathomable is the power of the Holy Ghost. There is no power greater, no power that exceeds the power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who was delivered for our offenses and who was raised again for our justification. Jesus Christ who on the third day was raised by the power of God from the dead, who overcame the grave, who is now exalted and sits at God's right hand. Jesus Christ who is King over every king upon this earth who reigns as the everlasting word of God, Jesus gives unto us the power of his Holy Spirit. The same Spirit who quickened Jesus Christ from the dead, he gives unto us. And so may God grant unto us the power of the Holy Spirit, even by the means of grace that God gives unto the church. For the Holy Spirit is pleased to use means to give unto us joy. And the primary means that the Spirit uses to give unto us joy, the preaching of the Word and the sacraments that God has given unto the church. And so this morning, as we receive that heavenly meat and drink from on high, may the Holy Spirit dwell within us and cause our partaking to be done in faith so that our hearts might be filled with all joy and peace. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God in heaven, may we always look unto Jesus, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, that he might receive from thee the reward of righteousness, of life, of a position, an exalted position in heaven above. We thank Thee for Thy word. Wilt Thou bless us as we partake of the Lord's Supper shortly. Wilt Thou hear this prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen.